Hi there, Jason. It's another time for another episode of our podcast, The Enlightened Agent. And uh, this was a, this was a great conversation we had. Uh, Mike Shanahan uh, down in St. Louis. Uh, lots of experience, lots of uh, um, good background, and, and just a real, like he says, a real normal guy. Yeah, Mike's got a Mike's got a ton of personality. He's one of those guys who's been in the space a long time. He's clearly been, you know, incredibly successful, and he's also got a good vision for where the industry is going. Yeah, so you know, he touched a, he touched a bit on tech. We found out he was an early BlackBerry adopter, uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> super we, advanced. Yep. Yeah, and he even misses that now. But uh, he certainly talks about how technology is 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 really pushing a lot of his business decisions right now. It sounds like. Yeah, that, and he's got some. He's got a really great story that uh, I think everybody will enjoy about um, you know be, be, being a fantastic agent, helping somebody and secure their future, and and ultimately um, you know protecting something that mattered a lot to them and and having a great outcome. So uh, it was a, it was a really fun conversation. All right, let's get to it. It's another episode of The Enlightened Agent, the podcast that brings you conversations with top insurance professionals, tries to make sense of where the industry might be headed. Today, we are joined by the chairman, president, and CEO of HM Risk, Mike Shanahan. Welcome to the podcast. Guys, thanks for having me and happy St. Patrick's Day. It is St. Patrick's Day. Of course, we're joined here as well by Jason Keck, the CEO of Broker Buddha. Hi, Jason. What's going on, Dean? Glad to be back. Yeah. So, so Mike, we like to start, get a little backstory on you, get, get the human side. So tell me a little bit about uh, how you entered the world of insurance. I know you were also worked for the St. Louis Blues at one time. So how did you wind up in the world of insurance and end up in the uh, current position you hold? Well, I, I did work for the Blues when I was in college and I was amazed at how many people would call me and ask me who's going to win the game that night. Uh, <laughs> like as, you knew. I, I, yeah, exactly. I said, you have to buy some tickets and find out. Uh, but no, that, it was great experience uh, during school. And then at, right out of school, I worked for my dad in the defense business for five years and sold ground support, military ground support equipment to the military. Um, it was a very mundane uh, job because the people that were buying it really didn't care because it wasn't their money. But obviously, the military had to have it. So, And then um, uh, one of the guys who I was fraternity brothers with at SMU in Dallas was a guy named Steve Lockton, whose name might uh, resonate. Uh, Sounds familiar. I've heard, so I've, heard, I've heard that name. His father, Jack, had recruited me for a few years and uh, I wasn't making any money in the defense business. So I said you know, I, to my dad, I said, I'm going to give it a shot, knowing that I couldn't come back if I failed. So it was a lot of, a lot of uh, pressure to leave. But I mean, I'm like six months into the business. I was making twice the money I was making before and, uh, and just really enjoyed, really enjoyed it. So I haven't, I haven't looked back. Been on commission since 1994. Wow. So sports, government, and then insurance. And, and insurance is the one that stuck, huh? Good for you. Exactly. Nice exactly. Uh, you guys have had a, a, a pretty significant transition here recently. Um, uh, big news, I think, came out at the beginning of the year. Anything you can tell us about the merger and or the future of the business? What do you guys have in store? Well, one digital... Uh, I, I met Mike Sullivan, who's co-founder, a little over a year ago. And uh, we were down in Jupiter, Florida met through a mutual friend and he had kind of kicked around and said, Hey, you know, we have a $600 million benefits company. You guys do property casualty. Would you be interested in doing a deal? And 
and merging. And I mean, uh, before he even finished the sentence, I wanted to scream yes, because it's a $600 million benefits firm with no property casualty. And you, I don't know if you've met Mike or met Adam Bruckman, the two guys that started it. They're just, they're just really good guys. And they're normal, if you know what I'm saying. So I want to be affiliated with people that are normal. That's your business strategy. Normal people. people that you can have a beer with and yeah. shake their hand. I mean, we did this entire deal. I mean, I talked to Adam Bruckman last week. And I said, can you imagine selling kind of my, your, your, your life's work to a guy that you've never shook, shook hands with, but I've never even met in person. I mean, during a pandemic and all uh, digital. So all digital. Yeah. So uh, very trusting, but yeah, it's, it's been a great, it's a great collaboration. They're good guys and, you know, sky's the limit. It's it's funny you say that. I, I worked in tech for 20 years before joining the insurance industry. And um, it turns out tech people are, you know, kind of quirky, right? They're not the insurance people are actually surprisingly normal. I mean, there's 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 some odd characters out there, some with more personality than others. But uh, the reality is, you know, I, I've worked with some fantastic people in this space. It's one of the reasons why we decided to do this podcast is I think people who are not in insurance, uh, they you know, they don't, they don't know a whole, it's not, it's not a hot topic, right? At cocktail parties, nobody likes to dig into uh, yeah. premiums and limits and coverages, but the reality is there's some great people in this space and uh, I've met a ton of great people. So, um, so what, so, so what, what does this mean for you? What does this mean for HM risk? What does this mean for, uh, for one digital? What, you know, what, what does the future have in store? Well, I mean, right now um, we're, we're meeting, you know, they've got 3000 employees. So that again, 600 million in benefits business throughout the US and, and international. So there, we've got brokers or, that work for One Digital, regional presidents, everybody calling and saying, Hey, will you talk to my client? They're interested in property casually. And you know, you've got people bringing ginormous deals and you have people that are bringing super small deals, but they don't understand how PNC works. And so I'm like, you know, it's, it's kind of cute the questions that, that they're answering, but you know, then you want to say, you know, this is only 1200 in premium. So how much commission do you think it might be? And then they're like, oh, you know, I didn't think of that. I'm like, you didn't think of that? Uh, but but the, then the next one they bring in is a good size and, and something to chase. And they're relationship people like we are. So it's been, and I know you know Jeff Walters uh, well. I mean, we have yep. been spending way too much time together and just working on every <laughs> every deal imaginable. And it's it's been great. I mean, it's it's really energizing for sure. Good. Jeff's from Louisiana, if he's not, right? If I remember correctly, we, we have a, we share a, a Southern bond. I grew up in New Orleans. So uh, we got, we got a lot going on there. A lot of, a lot of fun happening in the South. So. He, he could occupy your entire podcast just with his family tree. Yeah, that, that we should, we should get him on here next. We gotta, We'd have to be on. able to understand them all though. Maybe <laughs> Jason probably could. I could translate for you. It's, yeah. it's completely fine. So um, good. Well, look, c- congrats on that. And I, I, I see a lot of opportunity for you guys there. I think that's going to be a, um, a, a pretty powerful event for you and uh, excited to work with you guys and, and help him make that happen. So. No, we're, we're super excited for sure. You've been uh, in this industry for a while. Uh, I'm not going to, I don't want to call you a veteran, but I guess that's what you are. Um, so looking at it now, um, what's changed since you first started, since you first took that, that first job and, and what do you think still needs to change? Well, I'd, I'd say, so back, you're going back to 1994. The one thing that, that changed my life and, and I thought about this was the Blackberry. Oh, wow. Because I was one of the first guys that had, I didn't do the, really? I didn't do the beeper one, but the handheld one. And, uh, and so I was always, I mean, people thought I was in the office when I wasn't in the office. 
I've got four kids now. They're 27, 25, 21, and 19. But at the time, they were really small. And some weren't even born yet. So I was at every recital, every game, every tea party. I didn't miss anything. And the whole time, I was always on my BlackBerry. But at least I was, you know, I took pictures. I was there. Uh, but Good I dad. just... But yeah, it was, it was just, I mean, that really kind of got it going for me. And then you've just seen over the years how, you know, the remote, how it played out during the pandemic. But um, just the technology piece, I think, I would say the insurance business has probably been the slowest to move to technology. You know, it's yeah. kind of this gargantuan business. It's very stodgy and slow to move. And so we've always tried to be more on the cutting edge because uh, that's, you know, it's just another advantage for us. But technology, for sure, has been the biggest change since, since yeah. I've been in the business. Yeah, since, since I've been in this space, there, there, there seems to be a groundswell of energy towards you know, technology and technology enablement and, and all the tools that agents are, are getting comfortable with. Was, that, was there not that demand you know, 10 years ago? Um, you know, again, I, I wasn't in the space. So I'm curious, is it, was it there was less appetite for it, less interest in it, or just kind of less ability to engage with it? Like, wh- wh- why is this just happening now? Do you, do you have a perspective on that? You know, I, I think I think there's a lot more money in it now. Uh, you know, as whereas before, there was only applied, right? There was applied was the only your your only choice basically for your software, and it was right. very. I mean, the applied of 1994 versus applied today are pretty much the same. No offense to applied, but they are in my book because they don't help you do anything special. They just are like, hey, yeah, we made money last month. Hey, we didn't make money last month. Hey, you know, the premiums went up, they went down. That's all it tells you. It's nothing intuitive. It's just you, you just load into it. Now, I think you know, in the last five, 10 years, you had like Zenefits come in with mm-hmm. some cool technology, but they didn't have the relationship side. So... What we're trying to do at One Digital, what we try to do at HM is let's marry the relationship side of people of sales with the yeah. technology. Because you've got people that have relationships and then you have people that have technology, but nobody has them both. And when you have them both, it's a really powerful tool. Yeah, I'm, uh, I will gladly talk all day about technology if you want to. Um, I, uh, is there something you're looking for in the technology space? What is it that the you know, Apl- Applied gave you there? their platform and, and you use it every day? Is there something more you're looking for from them or from others? What is it that's missing in the, in the tech world? Um, so so the, tech, the tech world from, from my standpoint um, is I want some piece of technology that you can bring to myself that's going to make my A players, my A producers, A salespeople, or my A servicers more efficient and be able to service more business in the same amount of time. Yeah. Applied Applied never did that. It was just an accounting tool. And I don't mean to bash them, but again, they they didn't do anything, never did anything for me. But if you can if you can utilize technology to where you're not you've got your your top people filling out applications where you can take that off their plate, but you've got your top people that are are, are wasting time reviewing policies, which is important. Yeah. But if you can shift that to a potter or somebody who can Keep the ball moving to where I can have a an eight an eight eight count an eight account executive who is working on three million dollars or four million dollars in business versus you know 10, 15 years ago when they could only max out at eight hundred thousand and they were working you know sixty hours a week. Yeah, that's awesome. I uh, mean, when you were using the BlackBerry, you were building relationships with your BlackBerry, right? <laughs> so. I mean, I stuck it out for a long time too, because I mean, they have the Canadian roots, right? Um, but man, oh man, did iPhone, I mean, BlackBerry was here and then the iPhone yeah. and the iPhone just went, 
And I just tried that, that, that different uh, Blackberry, the one like the touch screen or whatever. And I just remember sitting there, I was like, how long am I going to kid myself? <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. It was terrible, but I, I, uh, I always rooted for. It. Hey, it was very. It, the encryption was better than iPhone. That's oh, I it was. Could. It was a. Tra- it was a tragic loss. Their stock shot up recently with the uh, in, in the recent um, the, the buzz happening around GameStop and everybody else. They got a little bump there, but uh, I, I don't know if that. I don't think that had the same impact that the technology did. You know, fifteen twenty years ago. So t- time times have changed for sure. Um, on the tech side, how about um, we were talking, uh, you know, before we started here about uh, Patrick Kenny and, and some of the carriers that we work work with. Um, what have you seen come out of the carrier world from a technology perspective in terms of collaboration, coordination, communication? You know, they have their systems, you have your systems. The two systems rarely talk to each other. Are you guys, are you seeing anything in that world, at least on the PNC side, that that's got your attention? Well, for sure. I mean, that's that's kind of how we met, you know, on the broker the broker Buddha side um, is again. What what can we do to make our people more efficient? That is intuitive. That they want to use it versus hey, you have to use it. Want to use it where it's making their job and their life easier. So if we can go to one application that is going to go to a travelers, that is going to go to a Zurich, that is going to go to Safeco, and all at once you hit a button, you spend seven minutes instead of seven days and get the quotes back within 48 hours, which is what the carriers are trying to do now or promising now, man, that makes that makes things work so much better. And you can make money on small commercial when you use technology. And it's not all about making money, it's about servicing the clients. But if you can give your best people more time. Yeah, that wasn't. I was. Uh, the goal wasn't to get a, a plug in there. I appreciate that, but um, uh, yeah, I, I we talk a lot with the carriers about what they're doing and and the tools that they have, and um, I think they're they're coming along as well in the same way that that you know broker software is coming along in the world that we do. So um, I think things will get better, and there seems to be a lot of push uh, to get better faster. So but there's a, there's a lot of push, but. They they need kind of like an applied. They need help. They've got you know their own goals in mind, and if and you know because they still have a bunch of shareholders that they have to keep happy. But uh, I think we're getting a lot closer than we have been in the past, and it's starting to work right now. But you know, travelers have been on the cutting edge because they're trying, and they've been trying, and I've I've stayed really close to them over the years. They spent a lot of money on technology, and uh, you know, I think I think we're we're getting there. Um, it's just you know, it's just taking longer than probably most would have thought. So you're obviously, uh, you know, you're a believer in tech, uh, you know, you're not, but you, uh, do you, have you seen it be a competitive advantage for your agency over the years with clients? Well, I, back to the, the one digital merger, um, and we call it a merger because it makes me feel better, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I was competing with one digital, I was competing with Zenefits, I'm competing with Marsh, Willis, and all the big boys and girls, and they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars a year on technology. And I'm kicking and screaming and yelling when I got to spend 35 grand on a new server or spend 15 grand to upgrade applied while these guys are just dumping money into it. And, and, uh, and so that's why it was a natural for us. Let's take our relationship driven organization. Let's take our people that I think are really, really damn good at what they do and marry them with technology and see where we go. And, you know, we're only three months into it, but I mean, we're talking exponential, um, returns as far as people and technology and, and new business. It's, it's been a great fit. 
one digital doesn't sound like an insurance agency. They sound like a, a tech company, which is, is I think probably encouraging for you as you, as you look for those efficiencies. Have you, what have you seen them doing on the, on the digital or technology front that, that was impressive for you uh, when you came in? Well, for one, we, we were a client of One Digital for two years. So they, they were uh, handling some of our smaller business that we can't make money on, you know, it's right. these five or 10 like groups. So they were putting forth these awesome looking proposals and everything. And, you know, everything was kind of at the, at the touch of a button. So it was like, okay, I appreciate what they're doing. Now, can you marry that and take it, take it to the larger accounts as well? So they've done it really well. But the other thing that I've really noticed is that they're not like, Hey, we've got it all figured out. <clears throat> we don't talk to anybody. They invite people in, they collaborate. They're trying to use, take all this AI and all the, you know, the cool buzzwords and figure out how, how do we, how do we make this good news for the client? How do we get better at what we do versus, Hey, we spent money on this technology or we've got this great exchange, shove everybody in it. Right. They're always trying to figure out a better way to do it. Yeah. I mean, ch change management in the space is hard. So, you know, uh, figuring out how to use the technology and, and being open to, to better ways of doing it are, are super important. So. Hey, Mike, we're talking to you like most people these days, you're, you're in your house, we're somewhere else and not in an office. Uh, so, you know, you've been busy during this pandemic, um, but uh, what sort of changes do you see for the business and for how you work coming out of it? Well, I will tell you that the one thing that happens anytime I have a Zoom call is that everybody comes to my front door. <laughs> during that call? Dark, the dog barks. It doesn't matter. Like today, today we said we're going to get on at two. And my daughter told me that a baby bed's being delivered at two. I'm like, of all the times. <laughs> Little, little grandbaby, get a plug for baby Georgia. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, the pandemic has been, uh, it's, we were always working remote. So we had technology. A lot of it, we have a lot of young moms on the team that want to work from home a couple of days a week. That's great. So we were fortunate that we were already set up, but everybody, we're a very, I've said, said the word relationship a thousand times. We're a very touchy feely relationship group of people. And we're all dying to get back in the office. Now the, the moms, Probably would like to still remain remote a lot of the time, but the dads with the little kids at home can't get to the office fast enough. So we just have to kind of balance that. I see it being a combo. Um, we're still going to be there. Everybody still wants to be together, but you know, to have that, have the ability to work from home for a couple of days, weeks, whatever, you know, we're, we're cool with it as long as you're taking care of your clients. Smart. That's the right way to look at it. Yeah, we're we're still debating the uh, the, the back to work, you know, the, the hybrid, the all in, all remote. I haven't settled on anything yet, but I think that's uh, that's a question I'm going to be asking everybody going forward: is uh, uh, hybrid, remote, or all in? So it sounds like you guys are a little bit of hybrid right now. Is it? Yeah, we're we're hybrid right now. But I think what's what's interesting is a lot of people have really thrived during the pandemic. You've seen it. There's people that have just been rock stars and nothing changed. And then you see some people that were really doing a great job that have kind of almost disappeared. And they don't, you know, they kind of like somebody said the other day, I, we were setting up a meeting and and she didn't get back to me till like the next day. And she said, sorry, I, I was out. I was out yesterday. I'm like, You've been out for like 12 months and I haven't asked you to do anything for like six weeks. And it was just the one thing. And I get a response a day later. So she needs to be in the office because she, she needs that discipline of being sure. there. And I don't care if you're the person when you leave at five and we don't see you till the next day, but in the service business, if you're going to see that you got to be on all the time and there's no, Hey, I wasn't available. I'm, I'm you know, going on vacation and 
won't have access to my phone or email for a week. We can't, we can't do that anymore. You, you know what she needs? She needs a Blackberry. That's what she needs. That's six or seven of them. <laughs> Mike, you talked about uh, your team and, and remaining personal and, and being being good service providers. You know, a, a big part of this podcast is about understanding agents and hearing their stories. Um, and and you know, we we titled the podcast "The Enlightened Agent." Um, enlightenment is defined uh, as the state of having knowledge or understanding. And so, I wanted to ask you um, if if you have any special knowledge or does your team have any special, special knowledge that sets you apart? What makes you guys enlightened? And, and do you have any, any stories to share with us uh, about that? Um, I do. The first thing I wanted to tell you that I don't know if you guys have ever read the uh, uh, book by Lou Holtz, but he calls the insurance salesman the most noble, most noble profession you can be in because we don't sell insurance, we sell security. Okay. Good. So you say that with kind of a softness to your voice or whatever. It's very, it's very convincing. It you, should, you should try that practice. It. I, I just, I just bought a policy from you. <laughs> Count me in. But he really, he really did. The book was really easy to read. It had a lot of pictures. But um, you're, it was probably back in the early two thousands. My my uncle uh, Ray Barrett, who is a, a serial entrepreneur at restaurants and all kinds of things, inventor of the triple track golf ball uh, by Callaway. Um, but uh, he had uh, won a $75 million judgment against Marquette Medical. And we don't have to get into the reasons why they right. uh, sued each other. But at a Is that from the, re- from the restaurant business? You no, know, from the, his biomedical. So prenatal. Okay, got it. Got prenatal. it. Uh, and uh, so that's my mom's older brother, who's 87. But um, so we're at a family barbecue and he said he won this judgment. I said, you know, I can insure that. And he was like, okay, we'll talk about it next week. And then he circled back about two minutes later. You really tell me, tell me how you can insure it. And so we, we put a policy in place and there was due diligence, right? And attorneys had to look through it from an underwriter standpoint, but he ended up, uh, it was a $10 million premium with AIG. It was a $300,000 commission for those of you who are wondering. Um, so that's not 10% last time I checked, which yeah. I thought was standard, but, uh, so basically, uh, insured the $75 million judgment, which was being appealed at the time. And, um, you know, it was money in the bank. His company wasn't that big at the time. It was a big, a big settlement and yeah. a big judgment. And, uh, you know, he just would tell me and still circles back now and just says how much it changed his life and just having the the security and knowing that that money was going to be there no matter what a judge or appellate ruled was uh, life-changing as it would be for anyone. That's amazing. So he had a $75 million um, uh, settlement and, judgment. Judgment, and it was, you helped him insure it and it was appealed, right? And uh, was, did, did he win the appeal in the end? Or well, it's, you know, so they actually, it was not overturned. Okay. Um, um, and the process was interesting. Uh, they spent about 500000 to have a law firm in Chicago take a look at it as part of the underwriting process. Right. And uh, uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was great. I, don't, I think at the time it was the largest single premium that AIG had ever done for a loss okay. mitigation. So at least I was number one for, I don't know, maybe a year. It may still <laughs> stand. Number I, one keep one I keep telling everybody it's never been broken. So I've got insurance records, maybe not a lot of sports records, but insurance <laughs> records are more important. They stand the test of time. That's amazing. And so he had he he ended up with the security of knowing that regardless of how that or whether the the appeal he won or lost the appeal, he was gonna get he was gonna get the settlement either way. I can yeah, imagine can, that. 
that that changes the game, right? No, we've had we've had uh, probably ten or fifteen other people look at it, and uh, it's always been overpriced from their standpoint. You know, they can insure a million dollar judgment for seven hundred fifty thousand, and it's because of that whole appeals process and how long it takes and everything. I don't know if we'd be able to do that same deal today, but loss mitigation was really new back at the time. Man, that's a that's a uh, that's as uh, it's amazing story, uh, incredible outcome for for it sounds like both you and the family. Um, and those are exactly the kind of things that I think is, are special about uh, agents and being. Sounds like you're just being creative on the spot, being a, being a normal guy, as you said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm be normal, yes. Good I'm for not, you. I don't read a whole lot of policy forms, but at least I remember buzzwords and who to call when <laughs> who to call when we need something. That's kind of the uh, producer mantra right there. Smart. Well, hey, Mike, this has been uh, it's been terrific. Uh, it's been a normal conversation, and I've appreciated <laughs> that. Um, but uh, really, a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, um, uh, if there's anything else you want to add, this is a good opportunity to do it. Anyone you want to thank or whatever else, but uh, otherwise, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Well, no, I want to thank you guys for bringing so much uh, notoriety to the insurance business because I would imagine there's not a whole lot of uh, podcasts that cover the the topic. And I think it's uh, all I can tell you is anytime anything bad happens, if there's a fire or death or whatever, the first people everybody calls is their insurance agent, and then we're cool, and then they really they really <laughs> like us and respect us. Other than that, they just bitch about premiums. So I appreciate you guys letting them know that there's more than just dollars and cents to uh, to this whole business that we call insurance. Mike, thank, thanks for doing for for being that guy who takes the phone call for having your BlackBerry on you all the time, <laughs> and uh, t- taking that call and being there to help and and for being on the podcast with us here today. Um, really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Take care.